when we started this, pro, uh, started this project, uh, it was only from empty bottles of Coca-Cola and fountain mineral water, uh, picking them up in the streets and the trashes of Namsos, a small city in the northern part of Norway, and then putting money together and started a project. And today, see where we are. Um, so one cloth, one pair of shoes, it makes a difference. So don't throw it. Today, I just wanted to encourage you from this uh, Bible verse. It says, be still and know that I am God. And I wanted to emphasize on those first two words, be still. Then know that I am God. We are reading it from uh, Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall, and God will, ha will help her at break, break of the day. Nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Amen. I, I really love, when I read this, uh, this scripture two weeks ago, I kept reading it and reading it and reading it every, every single day since then. It's just a reminder that when there is noise everywhere around us, the natural impulse is, what's going on now? And the natural impulse is uh, being scared or afraid of what's going on. We become worried because of all the instabilities around us. When we hear of natural catastrophe as it was being recorded in, in, in this psalm, we get so, uh, so scared and, and worried. This psalm uh, tells us something different, it gives us another approach when it comes to dealing with uh, challenges and adversities, the things that happen to us when we don't expect them, things that happen to us out of our schedule, out of our timetable. We are not expecting this to happen. We are prepared to do something else, and suddenly things change. When they happen uh, at the least time of their expectation, what do we do and how do we react? It happened to King uh, Hezekiah. He was the king of Judah. 
and at one time he was king at 25 years old and then he reigned uh, very well when he came into power he didn't want to rule like his predecessors he didn't want to rule like everybody else did he wanted to follow God with all his heart he wanted to follow God as God as he believed it is God who appointed him it is God who settled him there in that power in that office he decided to destroy every uh, poles, every idolatry in the country. He brought and restored the rule of the law of God in the country. He wanted everybody to worship only one God. So he restored the, the, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Israel, as it was known, where everybody would believe only in one God and obey and follow that one God with their hearts. He would have chosen another path of complacency and compromise because everybody has done that. My father did that and I will follow in the path of my father. He would have chosen to be like everybody. He was 25 years old, okay? I will live my life the way I want it. I am king after all and I can enjoy the power, the authority and so on. But instead, he gave his whole heart unto God. He says he followed God with all his heart and obeyed the word of God. In its fullness, the Bible declares that he did everything right. There was no king that was like him before him and no king after him. He was a great king in his youth. Why? Because he chose the path of following the word of God. He chose the path of obeying the word of God. He chose the path of serving God regardless of its unpopularity or anything whatsoever. He believed that God and his culture transcends the culture of the world. He believed that uh, the God of Israel is the only one true, go true God, the only one true God that should be worshipped. In that process, the Bible says that God blessed him and he succeeded. Everything that he touched prospered, just like the Bible says again in Psalm, Psalm chapter 1, that he who meditates on the word of God day and night is like a tree that is planted by the waters and it gives fruit in its season and it doesn't wither. It is the same and it's green and prospers in every area of its life. It's always green and, and, and this is how we see in the life of uh, King Zechariah. He prospered, as the Bible says. He succeeded in everything that he was doing in regard to to God and to the kingdom of God. When he wasn't expecting it, the enemy came. The king of Assyria planned to attack him. It had invaded already Samaria and wanted to invade now Judah and send word. His commander in chief and then the commander of the field, uh, the field army and, and, and uh, many other um, uh, superior in the, in the army, they were sent to, to, to terrorize him and his kingdom. Say, you have to give up your kingdom. You have to come into covenant with us. Because if you choose to rely on your God, you know, it is the same God who has sent me to come and destroy you and invade you, by the way, if you didn't know that. So you should give up on your faith and give up on your God and come into covenant with me. 
the, the, your father before you was in covenant with me, but when you came, you rebelled against me and stopped your covenant with me. And you think that the God you believe in you will protect you and defend you? No, you are deceiving yourself. You should come into covenant with me. His secretary and the administrators, they heard the voice of the commanders. You know, uh, they were all scared. And they started proclaiming to all the people, from today, don't follow what King Hezekiah is telling you. You should follow the voice of the king of Assyria. And we have to obey him and follow him. Not to follow our king. Not to trust in his God. Because his God will not protect us. And, and so many things. He made those speeches. When King Hezekiah received the message that the king of Assyrians uh, uh, was there and was willing to attack him and destroy him, King Hezekiah went down in prayer and crying to God. The God he knew was a faithful God. The God he knew is the covenant keeper, the God who is his shield and his protection. And he sent word to prophet Isaiah. Say, hey, hear what is happening. We are in trouble. The king of Assyria is a mighty man who wants to come and destroy us. But God is our only strength. Can you pray to God? Can you ask God? Can you talk to God on our behalf? Maybe God will hear us and answer us. This emphasis is my interpretation. And so uh, when Isaiah received the message, Isaiah the prophet of God, Isaiah the anointed of God, Isaiah the man of God, stood and said, hey, do not be scared. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. This God will fight for you and give you victory. Stay calm. Stay at ease. The battle is his. You stay calm. God will fight for you and give you victory. It doesn't matter how big that army in opposition is. It doesn't matter how strengthened, how experienced they are. Stay calm. God is in control. He will fight for you. They went. The king received the message. In one night... God sent an angel, and that angel, one angel, struck into the army of the enemy, and 185,000 people, uh, soldiers, uh, were lost. And King Hezekiah had victory over the enemy. Without fighting any battle, God fought for him. And this psalm we read, Psalm 46, was written in regard to the victory that King Ezekiah had over the king of Assyria. God is our refuge. When there is turmoil around us, when everything is shaking, when what we have been holding on is drowning, be still and know that God is our God. Know that I am God. Be still what is it? This word, be still, uh, or these two words, be still. In uh, 
my, the interpretation of my, my, my Swahili Bible. Be still means shh, keep quiet. And it's the same um, in the Hebrew word, be still is a sign of surrender. Let it go. Let all your concerns go. Give them to God. If you hold them, if you hold on unto them, worries will keep growing on the inside of you. Your focus will be on them. You will lose faith and you will lose strength. And in the end, you will drown with the circumstances. Be still. Let it go. Give it unto God. Surrender it unto God. We have a very beautiful example in the Bible. It is about uh, Moses and his, uh, the people. He was leading, going to the, uh, the, the promised land. As they went, uh, at one time, they have been really fighting and fighting, and they saw the hand of God, and they got the victory. There is, a, at one time, one place called Rephidim. They stayed there and said, now we are going to rest a little bit. We've been in battle for so long. Our bodies are tired. Now we're going to rest a little bit. What happened? As they thought we were going to sit down and relax, the Bible says from nowhere the enemy came and attacked them. And on that day, they lost many men. And when they tried to fight back, no victory. They kept losing and losing and losing. Moses went up, uphill, and lifted up his hand. Be still. Surrendering the battles unto God. And they noticed that when Moses' hands were lifted up toward the heavens, they gained victory over their opposition, over their armies. And some of Moses' servants said, Hey, did you see that? If Moses' hands goes down, we are losing the battle. But if hands are lifted up, we are gaining victory. And they said, Hey, we are going to let one man stand on the right hand of Moses and keep his hands up. Another one on the left, keep his hands up. Total surrender to God and see what's going to happen. As they did that, they saw that they had victory and victory and victory. On that day, they called God our banner of victory or Jehovah Nisi for the first time. That the battle is not ours. The battle belongs to the Lord and the victory is ours. Be still. Surrender it unto God. As the Apostle Peter teaches us, you know, uh, throw your cares, throw your worries, your burdens unto, Lord, unto the Lord. For he cares. Let it go. Be still. I'm not saying that you should give up in life, give up on your dreams. No. On the contrary, I'm saying that let that dream be given unto God. Let that which you are waiting for so much, that which that you want so badly to get, give it unto God. So if you want it so bad that you want, you would fight that battle in your own might and in your own strength, or you end up manipulating because you want that thing so bad that you want it to happen in your time and on your timetable, on your timetable, 
there will be so much compromises in that. You might even go with the shortcuts because you are consumed by that dream, by that which you want so badly and you don't want to wait on the timetable of God. I keep saying in regard to this that God is not a robot that we can manipulate to give me that, give me that, give me that. I want that. I want it today. I want it now. He is not a robot. He is a sovereign God. He is not a creature that we become his creator and we command him. But he is God. He is our creator. We are his created. We are his sons and daughters. And we know that when he has promised something, he's a faithful God, he will bring it to fulfillment. But in his timetable, in his timetable. And we know in the Bible it says, in due time, God brought to fulfillment his promises. Abraham and, and, and Sarah, they waited for so long, for over 25 years. And in due time, the Bible says, Sarah conceived. Just like we know that in due time, Mary conceived Emmanuel. Wait on the Lord. Be still. With your focus on God, the author and finisher of, uh, of your faith. Be still. I said earlier for me, it means to be quiet. Shh. To wait on God. It's just that I, that I just keep quiet. But I keep quiet with a heart that is expecting, with a heart that is observing, with the heart that is understanding, with the heart that is comprehending this God. Know that I am God. That know, in, in other words, means learn, observe. Uh, it means uh, understand, notice. Be still and notice. Be still and learn. Be still and observe that I am God, that he is God. I just don't want to be still. I am still very expectant. I'm still observing, hearing from God. What is he saying? Waiting expectantly to see what he's going to do in my life. In this chaos, in the noise. Shh. And no. I, that's no really inspired me a lot. It really inspired me a lot because uh, we get to learn a lot when we are still waiting on God. We learn a lot about the character of God. That he is God, he's powerful, he has authority and everything is under his feet and nothing can oppose him. In just one word, the whole earth can be smashed up. He's a mighty God, he's a consuming fire, nothing can resist him. The Bible says even mountains melt like wax in his presence. When he says just one word, something happens. He calls to existence things that do not exist as if they existed and they come into existence. This is the great God we want to know. Be still and know that he is that great God, the creator of the universe. Be still and learn. We learn from history. We learn from experience that 
He is God. Before the Red Sea, he told the people who were in turmoil and confused and afraid, oh, the Egyptian army is coming after us. We're going to be killed here. And in front of us, there is the Red Sea. There is no way we can cross over this sea. And here we are. Moses, did you call us to be destroyed here before this Red Sea? It would have been better for us to stay there than coming here. There is no way. It doesn't mean because in the natural we don't see any way, that there is no way. There is a way. Nothing is impossible before God. And you know, in the crying of people, in, in the voices of people, in the worries of people, in the fear that people had, you know, the response of God was, be still and know that I'm the, your Savior. Be still and see the deliverance that the Lord will bring over you. Be still. And we can learn from there that God, in the midst of the chaos, our God is great. He can turn all the mess that we have made in our lives and make, put it right in a millisecond. In a millisecond, our intense pain can disappear and our hearts are filled with great and immense joy. This is the great God. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. And we can learn from there. It is the same God we want to know in, in, our, in our stillness, if that word exists, is that he told Jeho Jeho Jehoshaphat, you know, when the enemies uh, came all over and surrounded them, King Jehoshaphat and, uh, and his people, oh, all of them were afraid, were dismayed, were the, they were scared that we are going to be killed here, we're going to die because the, the armies of, 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 who are attacking us, they are mightier than us. What are we going to do? Uh, the King Jehoshaphat destroyed his clothes and put on sackcloth and, and sand and ashes and was crying and fasting and praying before God. And in the midst of that desperation, God comes in and says, Be still and see the deliverance that I will bring in your life. Be still and see that I will fight this battle. You will not fight against them. I am your God. I will fight for you. You be still. I will fight for you. And all their mourning were turned into praises and worship before God. Yes, be still and know. We can learn from the past that our God is able to deliver us in the midst of all our confusion. Our God is able to forgive all our sins. There's no sin that can outmatch the power of his forgiveness. No, our God is gracious that we, no matter who we are or what we have done in our lives, God will embrace us. Let us be still and know that this God is God and all-sufficient one. Nothing, nothing is impossible before God. We can observe that in our daily life. He is a, indeed an amazing God. If he can hold together this whole universe, he's a great God. He's reliable. He's able. He's trustworthy. He has done it before and he can do it again. And that is why in our stillness we can learn from the past that he is God. If he made a way before the Red Sea, he can make a way before me. He can, he can make a, a way in my crisis, in my challenges. No, discover, find out that I am God. I am the Almighty. Knowing God, it is, it, it is a relationship. It's it's something that somebody builds up day after day as we, we read the Bible, 
we meditate on the word of God and we fill our heart with the promises of God. We learn to discover who God is and how faithful he is, what he has done, the mighty works, the wonders that he has done in the past. And we get closer and closer to him. We relate to him. There's this beautiful relationship going on with us and, uh, and our God. Be still and be and learn to be so close to this God. You will know how he cares for you and me. I want to take two things and I will stop there in this, my, my, this encouragement. Know that God is our refuge. This Psalm 46 we read, it starts with that God is our refuge and our strength. And it ends with God is my refuge and my strength. Our God is our refuge. A refuge is a, a hiding place. Some, a place where we go and, and to find safety in times of danger, in times of, in times of fear, in times of um, when things are falling apart, when our life is really in danger, we can go and hide there. The proverb uh, uh, Solomon says, uh, the, the name of the Lord is a great tower where the righteous run and hide and find his safety. God is a great tower. The name of the Lord, the name of Jesus is a great tower. And with this is the only place, the safest place where we can run and find our safety. You know, in Israel, when God was distributing the land, there was a place of the land that was called a city of refuge. It was the only place where any criminal would run there and be safe, be protected there, where the accuser had no power to touch the accused. It was a place that God had prepared. And in the spiritual realm, we have one accuser. It's Satan. The enemy is the accuser of our brothers. Whenever he raises his voice up to accuse us of the wrong that we have done, we have a safe place where we can go and hide. It is inside our God. And when we are in him, there is nothing that this Satan can accuse us for because in him we are the righteousness of God. In him we are pure, we are holy, we are sanctified. In him we are divine, connected with God. We are the branches connected to, to the tree, to the vine, which is Jesus Christ. The same life that is in him is the life that is in us, in our branches. This is why this God is our great refuge. Oh, Colossians says, Colossians 3, that uh, because you have died to yourself and believe in Jesus Christ, that your life is now hidden together with Jesus Christ inside God. Your life and mine are hidden inside God. Then we are safe. Then if anything happens to us, we have nothing to worry about. Then God has allowed this to happen. If he has allowed this to happen, he has a way out. He will lead us out of this. He will deliver us out of this. God is our refuge. We cannot go hide behind the trees of this world. We cannot hide behind the leaves like Adam did. Adam did. No, there is no protection in the leaves. They will dry up very soon. There is no protection in the things of this world. They will fall apart very soon. Our refuge is in God. He is our God. He is a stronghold for us. We are protected in him. He is a fortress. It is heavy. The arrows of the enemy would come. But before they touch us, 
they will go through God. And that's, that's powerful. This is really powerful. Then we have nothing to worry. We are protected. Many times when things happen unexpectedly, we, we cry out, we think God is angry with us, God has abandoned us, oh, and, and so on and so on. And sometimes we go into saying, I, I don't want even to believe in this God, it doesn't exist, because we wanted things to happen our way, or we thought that because we are with, with God, and, and then there will be no mountains to climb, and no valleys or no tunnel to go through. No. God said, many are the afflictions of the righteous that I will deliver them. I will deliver him from them all. God is our refuge. Be still and know that God is our refuge. We are safe in his love and his love for us is sufficient. And there is nothing that will ever separate us from the love of God. And there is no day that will pass by where this God will love us less. There is nothing I will ever do, ever say, or ever confess that will make this God love me less or love you less. His love is constant every single day. And therefore, I don't need to hide because of the things that I've done. I don't need to hide and run away from God because of the wrongs that I've done. No, I just need to go to God just as I am. And his arms are wide open and say, come to me. I am your hiding place. I know you've fallen. Come to me. I have soap to wash you up. I have the blood of Jesus Christ. I can wash you up and make you as, as if you've never sinned in your life. You don't need to hide. You don't need to run away. You don't need to, to, to live with guilt every single day for the things that you've done. Come. I am your hiding place. I am your, your refuge. I am your city of refuge. Come and hide here. In me, there is no condemnation. In me, there is no accusation. The judgment that was yours has fallen on me, says Jesus. He became sin so that you and me would be delivered from sin. He is our refuge. In his love we are safe. In his love we are protected. We can rest in his love. And therefore, we will not feed on how much love we get from the outside. Because this generation, people live so insecure and they feed on how much love they get from the others to give meaning to their own lives, to find purpose for their lives. They, they depend on how much love they get, how much likes they get, and, 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 so, and so on. Those things, the day you don't get them, you start getting frustrated. I'm not good enough. That's why they don't like me. That's why they don't understand. That's why they don't approve of me. That's why they don't accept me. And so, and so on. And then you start defining your identity negatively and slowly. Doof. The enthusiasm of life is all gone. The joy of salvation is all gone. And then it's guilt and shame and, and pain and so on that rising up in, in, in your life. God is our refuge. In him, we are loved. And his love is final whether you love me less whether you approve of me or not i don't care because my identity is in him your identity is in him god is our refuge the second thing i want to say today is that god is our savior he is your savior. Be still and know that I am 
your savior. This word savior is the same as deliverer. He is your deliverer. He comes to deliver you from trouble. He comes to deliver you from trouble. He is, uh, as, as the psalmist said, he is uh, a great help in times of trouble. He is a help. He's ready. He's ready to come to our rescue in times of trouble. He's ready to come and deliver us from the hand of the accuser, from the hand of the enemy, from the hand, from the mouth of adversity, from the chaos. He is ready to come and save us and break the chains that have been tiding and holding us. Um, he is our savior. He is our redeemer. One who is able to pay and, and buy us free from the hands of the enemy. And he pays uh, with his own life. He pays with his own blood and say, hey, you are so valuable that I don't want you to go that path. You are so valuable that I don't want you to continue being in those chains. You are so valuable and priceless before God. This is why I'm going to die for you so that you will go free. You will go free from those. Only that he has saved you from sins and, 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 and from worldliness and from, from the, 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 the wrath of God. No, it's not only that, but he is your savior on daily basis. He cares for you and he is wanting to save save you from those small things that worries you much. He is ready. It's not like this uh, Roman, uh, Roman god or Greek god who was so busy with the cosmos and cared very less and very little about people. No. This great god he created us in his own image and he knows that we are so valuable. This is why he cares so very much about every single detail of our lives, every single day. He does not sleep, no slumber. He's watching over us and he says, hey, I am here to save you, to fight for you, to defend you, to protect you, to restore you from the losses that we've encountered in life. To lift you up from the pit where you had fallen. To give you hope. I am your savior. Be still and know that I am your savior. I love that. He is my savior. And I can sing. My redeemer lives. Yes, I know. He will stand up the last. When everything is said and done, my Redeemer lives. He will stand up. He will not let me go downhill forever. He will come to my rescue. He's not the kind of God who sits on the top of mountain and says, hey, you need to work hard to come to me. No, he's the kind of God who says, I am your Redeemer. I am willing to go downhill to reach out unto you. He is my redeemer, says, I know you've, you've, you've wandered here and there and you've fallen in the pit and you're not able to climb up and come out on the surface. I will go down deep in the sheet and I will rescue you and carry you on my shoulders and I will take you in my own clinic where I will take care of you and take care of your wounds until you heal. Then I will, expo I will expose you again to the world. I am your redeemer, the caring one, the saving one. The restoring one. Be still and know that I am your savior. What is it that is going on in your life? What is it that is, seems to be uh, a catastrophe and adversity in your life? Be still. Surrender it 
Let it go. Let it go. Give it unto God. Leave it unto Him. No matter what it is. A few years ago, I was so consumed because I wanted God to come and heal me. I'd fallen on the bicycle and I got this uh, commotion, something like that. Uh, and I could not uh, tolerate the lights and uh, I had this terrible headache and, and, and I, I had to stay in a, in a dark room uh, for, for hours and, and, and uh, it was terrible. And I, I prayed God and I quoted all the verses in the Bible. God, I want you to heal me now, heal me now, heal me now, heal me now. And I prayed and fasted. I wanted the healing of God to come in my life now, 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 today. But it did not happen. I was so consumed that I, I started manipulating the verses and quoting the special verses that I knew in the Bible that spoke about healing. And so consumed that the only thing that in my prayer uh, was healing. Heal me now. Heal me now. Heal me now. Heal me now. So confused that I was, I, I was so consumed that I became so possessed with my healing. Nothing else, no, no longer to knowing God, uh, no longer into that relationship with God, no longer into the, uh, being the, the son of God, a child of God, and, and enjoying that God cares, and even in, in pain and sickness, God is with me. All those verses did not matter. The only thing I wanted, I wanted then, and then was only my healing. In midst of those uh, things, when I did not get that healing, my faith was going down and down and down. I thank God for my sister, Sina. And she's not here today. She came visit, uh, visiting me um, one Christmas Eve um, with Ari, another friend, and uh, encouraged me and read this verse to me. Be still. And know that I am God. I am your Redeemer. That moment was an eye-opener. Was changed everything. I realized I was wandering the wrong way. Focus on one thing. Forgetting the greater thing. Because I was so consumed with my healing that I had lost peace. Thank God. I could learn from that. I learned to be still. I learned to wait on God. Knowing that in due time, he's going to heal me. It might happen right now, right away. It might happen tonight, tomorrow, in one week, in one year. My eyes will remain focused on him while I'm waiting for my healing. It became a healing process. Not long, I was healed. I had no headache. And I'm here in front of this mighty light. <laughs> Be still and know that God is your Redeemer. Regardless of the things you might be going through, He is your Redeemer. He will save you from that.
Father, we want to thank you and bless you.